Hello, welcome to episode 2 of Dispel. Jeff Merghardt, the name of a visual force, and at one time a seemingly intangible force, the disembodied hand behind the visual design of an improbable video game. A game that crept up on all of us and then suddenly slid our throats with its beautiful western animation style. A style with all the appeal and fidelity usually reserved for feature animation, all juxtaposed with the brutality of Conan the Barbarian. By Krom, if you haven't played this game, please google Mark of Cree. And to lend to the mystique of the game's beauty, it came out a year before Google acquired Blogger, which was in 2003, and still a few years before all of us artists adapted the Blogger platform to showcase our artwork, and in turn give a readily available face to all the artists behind our favorite video games and animated productions. Mark Cree came out during the summer of my internship with LucasArts in 2002. I remember my friends and I being mesmerized by the hand-drawn cinematics which we assumed were drawn by some warlock and Corel painter. Though I didn't have a name at the time, this was my introduction to the work of Jeff Merghardt. Let's find out more about this endearing Indonesian-American. Oh, well, if you're going, going back that far, let me see. Alongside uh, throwing chicken poop bombs at my brother and his friends in the field, seeing the Jungle Book <laughs> was, what, was what really turned my life around. Yeah, because I think I was like two, and our mom two. took us, yeah, two or three. And I, I remember walking into the lobby, holding my mom's hand to go see the Jungle Book. And I remember sitting there just mesmerized. Yeah. And I was like, oh my, oh my God, what, what am I watching? Was this the 70s? This was, well, I was born in 65, so it wasn't, I don't think it was even 70 yet. It must oh, have been like, God. yeah, like maybe. Was this the original show I, Jungle Book? Perhaps, Holy perhaps, because I was small. I was like two or three years old. Gotcha. I was walking, but I was still hold, small. Holding you guys my mom's are wondering hand. why I feel surprised because he, exudes this this youthful exuberance only because i can't stop moving and talking <laughs> but yeah it was it was the jungle book yeah jungle book mm-hmm. and i could it was retina. weird they did burn into my retina and every cell of my body because for uh, ever since then i could i could tell which scenes and which drawings were different and they were always milts and John Lounsbury's and John Sibley's and i didn't know who they were until like years later when you know the books came out and i could point to the scenes and the drawings and the names associated with them like oh my god and then then i knew who did it the born animators like like you who who have that sight early on like it always mesmerizes me because i I, i'm more of a 2d like comic book illustration guy yeah i love animation i still love it and i'm steeped in it but i'm i'm jealous of that like you guys could see through I was just seeing this milky, clear, clean animation world. You guys saw the drawings within that. And yeah, just- I don't know why I did. I mean, I had n- nothing before that, you know, to you know, to inspire me or to reference. I was just like a little kid, but I don't know why my eye was drawn to specific scenes and I could pick out drawings so cool. during animation. And I, but it was kind of like a, a curse because ever since then I became like this major animation snob. Because so I used to look forward to like Saturday morning. Yeah, friends like that. Yeah, back then Saturday mornings were like, it's cartoon day. And we'd wake up early and go sit in front of the TV and watch cartoons. And then, and this is the 70s, right? So, oh, my. I'm too close. <laughs> no, I was just checking Uh-oh. to see if the. Oh, the little, little red light's on. Yeah, yeah. He was checking the, the microphone for my little <laughs> robot's belly button. It's it glowing red. I'll about that later. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so then I couldn't watch the, the cartoons on TV anymore. If it wasn't like cool Hanna-Barbera oh, or Looney Tunes from the 40s, 50s, and 60s. It was shit. 
I just couldn't well, you grew watch up in that it. Well, you that era where they were putting out some budget stuff like that. Oh, like it was that, nasty. All that uh, filmation stuff. Yeah. Or and the, well, even before that, right? Like there was some funky things in the '60s, or like the, the Star Trek show. Like the oh, early I couldn't even watch that stuff. And then, I, can, I can appreciate it now for like the history of it and like just this quirky style. Yeah. Like, yeah, I could see if you're like Jungle Books did top tier. Yeah, and then all the Disney films I grew up on were that's what I. I absorbed, and then to go watch, you know, oh, the Archies, or like whatever crap was on, you know, the local TV station sure. on Saturday mornings, like, oh, what? <laughs> what? No. And, and then the comic books, too, because I wasn't even into, I didn't like comic books, because they were all superheroes, and sorry, everybody's superhero <laughs> fans in Marvel, but I, cross-hatching got in the way of the movement yeah but it was boring they were all the same like the same figure sure. in the same leotard so uninteresting and unappealing to me i didn't really realize that there were interesting stories and characters until the yeah. movies came out recently but yeah i didn't even like the comic books unless they were like drawn from yeah, you know, the european comics and stuff yeah well, there seems to be that parallel with a lot of you guys that are oh really, really? The born. A lot of us old guys. No, no, no. <laughs> the, the born animators. Uh, oh, I'm flattered to be called a born animator. I wish I animated more than than I had. You know, get those years of grinding away, and because I always got pulled away to do concept art and character sure. design. But thankfully, I, I love that too. Well, you it's can like see it in the, even in the have my cake and eat it too. Sure. But. Oh, I hear your dogs <laughs> growl, growl, loving each other. She might be yelling. I don't know who she's yelling at, either Danielle or Elby. <laughs> I I get it. When I first started at Disney, and I was I walked in and I'm like, oh, Eric Goldberg walks by me. Hi, Jeff. And then I'm, I'm like, oh my God, there's Bernie so Mattinson and you know Corey freaking and then Bill. Hey, there's Bill Schwab. There's Paul. Oh my God, I can't get away from people that make me feel just like a puddle on the ground. Just. Schlepping across the floor going, hi, I love you. <laughs> You're awesome. Oh, hi, I'm not worthy. Every, everybody there was just like that to me. It's like, oh. That's interesting. With all your experience, all your talent, oh, you're still such a you, huge fan. You flatter me, but yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, I, I, love, it's I love that you seem to not know it, but well, that's probably the, the best way to do I don't, it. Yeah, I don't know how to explain it. To me, it's... I mean... I appreciate the stuff that I do, but then I look at what my, you know, what these guys are doing and the things I grew up on, and I strive to be better like them. And I know I'm, I'm not, in my opinion, I'm, I'm catching up. I'm gonna get there soon. I want to be better. I want to be like you or better than you. But you know, even though I may, I may never achieve that, I always, you know, I appreciate what I can do. But I'm still trying to, you know, be better. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I, I was, I did a mermaid for that. <laughs> like, but every time <laughs> I say this, I still kind of cringe. And what did up. you do? But, well, I participated in mermaid. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I did too. <laughs> but it was amazing. Like, because I, I was like, okay, this is class. Every day I have to do illustration. I only did 19. I missed a few days. Uh, but I was. Well, I only did one. <laughs> Got a few more than me. <laughs> but the reason I did it because I was like, I want to practice stylized stuff, and I and this is great because I have to post it every day, and I can only work on it within one day. And that whole time, like you said, like how do you get to, like look at these guys are so great, and I got to be as good as them. I was looking at Corey's mermaid the whole the whole time. I was like, Wh I, which I, one? He did like one every minute. So I think he only did one mermaid. He did a few from last year. Oh. He, he did more of the previous. Oh, you talking about this past year? Yeah. Oh. 
But I was looking at him, I mean, just for a quality bar, and, because obviously I didn't want myself to look like his, but I, but it was just so inspiring. It's like, how was he doing this every day? Yeah, he, yeah. He did way more than 19. Um, he did 20-something. But, yeah, that for me, that was my goal, is, like, study his stuff. Don't try to be him, but just really internalize yeah. the, the inspiration of it. And it was, it was awesome. That was, like, one of the most fun I've had doing art in a long time. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to depress any students, but, <laughs> uh, but it was it was amazing. And I yeah, I'd be up until like four in the morning yeah. just doing the, like the, the whole month of May. Yeah, no, I think that's what the trick is. I mean, I only did one because I mean I don't have t- when it, when I'm not working, I I rarely draw because you know I've you know it's life. I have, I'm married with kids. I got a house, got a yard. We take care of family. We got dogs. I got to commute. I because you know yeah, uh, from San Diego. To, okay, whatever. South of San Diego. Yeah, right. Yeah. So. So it's only like. 80 hours yeah, away. so when I'm looking at, you know, like I was saying, I'm seeing people that I'm trying to, not emulate, but that are like, gosh, me, like I'm looking at Corey's mermaids and all these other guys, cool mermaids, and I'm thinking, okay, I know what I can do. I, I'm always super inspired by what they're doing, and I'm learning by seeing what they're doing and getting inspired by their designs, and then I'll just try to, you know, make what I do a little bit plus based on that inspiration without trying to, you know, copy them. Because yeah, yeah. it's, it's nice, it's, it's flattering for when people start copying people, but I'm seeing artists out there now who are just flat out doing, this is, I, I, they're just copying Corey Loftus, or they're just copying, you know, like James Woods. It's like, yeah. I can see what you're doing, yeah. dude. You know, you dude, know, where's, I, I, where's your stuff? Make your stuff now. Yeah, I think Bill was saying that about too, is like everything's like almost becoming a fan art. And yeah. But I, I think people are expanding for sure because there was a moment there where you go to CTN one year and there was a lot of Corey Loftuses out there. But I think people reined it in. There's there's a little bit more variety now. Yeah, think, yeah, I think so I too. Think, though I'll say that even though I say that, I go on Instagram and still see the same same art a lot. Yeah. Which I mean, but then I think, well, Miyazaki did the same style, and is it really his style? Like, did he not just kind of develop that along with other people in the animation, the TV animation, Japanese animation? Yeah, the anime the stuff. Yeah, so exactly. It, so, like, for him, it's all about story and this this appealing style that he's cultivated and helped develop. But it's the same thing uh-huh. other people do. It. So, I don't, so, like, I'm conflicted because I, I love to push people to push their style or students. But then there's the Miyazaki factor. Uh-huh. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally get it. Like, remember I said that when I was growing up, I was, you know, a kid, our animation snob. I hated anime because I saw it and it, it all looked the same. All the animation was like on fours and sixes and eights. And I'm thinking, why are they moving that way? But then when there was an effect scene, it was like all on ones. Like, well, that was cool. But this <laughs> character looks just like all the other characters and they're not moving really well. And then the, my, one of my friends, Ted Washington, is a, is a great artist. He goes, you got to check out this movie called Totoro by Miyazaki. I'm like, who? I don't want to watch this some anime thing. And then he put it in at this. At this oh, yeah. <laughs> Totoro, Totoro, Totoro. <laughs> so he, he put it in the VHS. This is how long ago it was. VHS at the studio. And I, my mouth hit the ground. I was like, what, what is this? And then I had to reanalyze and rethink anime and what I was watching. It was primarily Miyazaki and the Ghibli stuff. But then after that, other anime studios were trying to push their, their game, you know. Yeah. And then I said, okay, now I'm liking some more of this stuff. And it totally expanded you know, my view of, you know, anime and the animation possibilities and storytelling. Was, sure. That was eye-opening. 
Yeah, it's interesting to me how like then you start working and then you find it about budgetary reasons. Oh reasons. yeah. And then you be like, oh well, they're not moving the head; they're just moving the mouth and the eyes, but they're saving it. Yeah, it's yeah, for that juicy scene. <laughs> Yeah. For that pooey cooey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's the business end of it. You know. yeah. Save, budget it, budget it, budget it right. But I said, every time you, you say about these, these things that you're noticing in animation, I get a little bit jealous. It's like, why wasn't my brain working like that? <laughs> oh, well, well, you're enjoying. You're too busy enjoying everything. <laughs> I wasn't enjoying everything, you know? You got to enjoy it all. I was like, oh. I was just like the little Scrooge kid on the playground going, why are you watching that? Why are you watching that? <laughs> Everybody else was like, this is so cool. I love this. I love this. I'm all, oh, what the? Are you? Don't you understand full animation? You have no standards. <laughs> Look at this call rough drawing. Oh, get away from me. <laughs> and then I'd go in my room and try to draw and just throw it away. Ah, I can never do this. I can. So, yeah. Did you grow up in San Diego? Yeah, born and raised in San Diego. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. What was the 2D animation industry when you were young there? There wasn't any. There wasn't any 2D animation industry. There was, um, there was, I think, some commercial 2D house, um, like in Kuna Mesa, somewhere back in the 70s, but no major, nothing that one, you know, TV shows or film or anything. Not until um, Lightspan came around in the 90s. And they, like I was telling you, yeah. they did the educational the software, yeah, and they, they did 2D animation and a little bit of CG animation. See, uh, the reason why I ask is because you might as well have been living in the Midwest, and I'm just fascinated like how you've like you internalized and really cultivated that Western animation style and brought it to life, like seemingly on your own, on your own. But we're gonna find out what those steps were. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was kind of frustrating because you know as as a kid I. Back then, you know, you know, we didn't have the internet. We didn't. I didn't know where these things were being made. I just knew Disney, and then every, all the other studios weren't making anything I was interested in. So it was all, you know, Disney, 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 and then um, that 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 was just the only thing. There were no other studios in San Diego. There was just you know what was up here in Hollywood and. Gotcha. Did you- how many times did you guys come visit LA when you were a child? Oh, we used to come. We have a lot of family up here, so we'd come up, you know, at least once or twice a month and stay okay, with so family up in LA. So you must have drove by the Warner Brothers lot of the Disney. Mm, yeah, like, yeah. Like, oh my God, something's happening. In this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember going by um, um, in Glendale when they first went to Flower Street. Yeah, yeah. And then I remember th- there was just like some weird chain link fence and this shabby parking lot and this nondescript little the Disney, Disney building. It's like that's where the animators are i couldn't i couldn't believe it i'm like where are they really in there <laughs> and then a few years later when i i came back uh, when my dad brought me up here with my portfolio under my arm to go to bluth and stuff we went i went to the flower street address first and then went in the back door and i think i'm pretty sure it was phil niblink was in the back of the building and phil niblink he was animating i think it was they're doing black cauldron stuff maybe um, I'm not, I didn't go in and see what they were working oh, on. Were you, you were? Oh, I think I was. Who? Maybe I was 19, okay. 20, maybe. I can't remember. And then, yeah, he 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 took. A, I had like a resume. I didn't leave my portfolio because I was on my way to go drop it off at Bluth yeah, yeah. at the time. So I was like, oh yeah, so this is it. So yeah. No, that's awesome. Okay, let's let's back up a little bit. I don't want to get too far ahead. So. Keep oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Your, your narrative. Back to my chicken poop bombs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, well, speaking of that, how many siblings do you have? 
I have a brother and a half sister. Yeah, um, both younger. Okay. And both very artistic. My brother is also in the in, in the video game industry. He's an artist. Yep. What was he doing? Um, he does everything. He does. Yep, he's a general. He does a lot of he modeling, must have, must have animation. Been when you had to be the generalist, like you, yeah, yeah, he started. Well, we started together, and I went straight into animation, and he went into modeling and rigging. Gotcha. Did, was he also on Market Creek? Yeah, yeah, oh, yep, me? yep. That's he so was. Pretty. He was the main was one who brought so the models to life yeah, because nobody else could interpret. You know the because we're trying to bring that. Now we're going to go a little bit into the yeah, Mark yeah. III thing. Into, you know, like there's that... Structure be damned. Yeah, right? That at, at the time, all the guys we were working with, all they did was like scan realistic pictures oh, yeah. and texture. Yeah, yeah, it's like... I was not into it. What, what is this? So we're trying to bring this, the, the 2D aesthetic, that, you know? I don't want to get into and, it now, but... We're going to get into it, <laughs> god damn it. Yes. When I saw that, dude, it was like a... Like, I... There was things like Banjo Kazooie, but they didn't understand. Like video game people, it was a different world, right? Yeah. They didn't have the the sensibilities which Mark Cree had. And I, I'm yeah. killing myself well, because I really they, don't want to get into they, this. They yet. tried. Some of the our main producer Jay yeah. Jay Beard. He he had the vision. He saw what we were trying to do and what we could do, and he wanted to do it. And he convinced the higher ups to let us do it, right? So, so, but we had to. But the artists we had to work with couldn't do it. So it was. Me and my brother, who understood it, and then um, we got a few other guys on the team who came from the 2D background, thank goodness, and oh, all, all from an animation background. So they animated and they understood design. So with those guys, we were able to like you know communicate to the other artists, this is kind of how it needs to look, how it needs sure. to move. Throw all those scanned images away, please. <laughs> I don't need to see the follicles of everything, you know? Yeah. So we're talking about Marker Cree for the PS2. If you don't know about it, please Google it. You will be floored for what they did at the time. Um, I just wanted to put the brakes on. Oh, yeah, 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 I, yeah. I, yeah. I want to get into that. Into the yeah, I didn't want to, like, jump. <laughs> the, the, we'll talk about all this career stuff in the second episode. I really want to try to wrangle this and, get, <laughs> and, and find your path. You can't contain me. You can't contain me. <laughs> oh, I also, I apologize if, if something naughty slips out of my mouth. I don't. Sometimes I say bad words. But the way I see it is, I'm going to do my best to be a good boy. But, <laughs> but and I'll balance that out. <laughs> no, no. But if I ever have a Tim Miller on, if I was ever fortunate to, like the co-owner of Blur where I worked and the uh, director of Deadpool, he cannot be, he will F-bomb. Oh, okay. Every bomb. Okay, yeah, well. Just become Bombs away. Sorry in advance. <laughs> but yeah. So where were we? Oh, yeah. We were talking about you did, when you were a kid, you did visit LA. You were checking out the studios when you were coming up to visit family. Yeah, yeah. Um. Did you do that when you were a real small kid? And were you aware then? Like, I wasn't that aware because I was real small. I was small. I was like, you know, 10, less than, gotcha. younger than 10. Mostly we were just hanging out with our, our cousins. Let's go to Magic Mountain. Let's go to Universal Studios and Disneyland and all that. Dude, I'm always so jealous of people who got to go there and actually see the Back to the Future ride and the T2 ride. Oh, Back dude, that's even... I'm talking before that. This is this is when you can go up to the van from the A team and lift it with one arm, like the incredible from the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, yeah, that's when it was cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I had no idea the A team was there. Okay. Oh yeah, or whatever. Was it? Yeah, but they had the the van there, right there on the on the lot. You could walk up and pick it up with one hand. It was all in hydraulics, and you take a picture with it. And 
Oh, I forgot all that other corny stuff, but yeah, it was all... Well, I saw pictures in the 80s, and I never knew they had this here, but they had these amazing outfits for, like, the He-Man cast. They had, like, Moss Man and She-Ra. And oh, I never saw that. Yeah. Uh-uh. This is all, like, oh, yeah, from the Bionic Man and the Incredible Hulk, all the yeah. stuff that they were shooting there. That's all the Jeff props. Jeff Mockenberg Ooh, so cool. little bit, little <laughs> bit. I got a flip phone. Don't let, <laughs> don't let that put you off either. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, Universal Studios was fun back then. Is there anything else you can tell us about before we get past middle school? Is there anything that, that stands out of whether art mentors at that young age? Or, yeah, no. Or even art classes that you're taking outside of that school? No, there weren't really any. I mean, there were art classes. My mom brought me to, like, you know, at the, the rec center, and, you know, some lady was telling us how to draw an apple and a puppy, and I was like, well, this is how I'll make a puppy. And then it was, I always got. It was cool, but weird, because I always got attention because I made, like, some cool dog, and nobody else could, like, make a stick figure. But, I mean, so, but I didn't learn anything from those oh, places. at Yeah, like, at the rec center. And um, there were no, like, mentors that I was interested in because I was interested in, you know, 2D hand-on animation and character design that I saw only the people at Disney doing. There was nobody else around me who sure. did anything like that, so I... I didn't really have anybody to talk to or, you know, look up to until, you know, I got older. Yeah, what a unique situation. Yeah. But it was um, when Robin Hood came out, this is what I tell, like, a lot of the students I talked to and, like, some of the kids. There was a, they had these posters, not movie posters, but posters with the characters on it. And I got one. And it was just, you know, just Robin Hood standing there. And I remember just staring at it for, like, a long time. And then I realized, oh, I can see it in my head. And so, well, I figured if I can look at it and draw it, and if I can draw it, if I can see it in my head, and that's when I realized, oh, I can draw what's in my head. That's when, I mean, I did before, but I never did it as clearly until then. Do you remember what age that was? Uh, Robin Hood came out, what, 74? I think it was 74. Yeah, I think 74. I'm a bad historian. <laughs> and I don't, I don't remember much. So I don't remember the dates, but it was Rob. Whenever your Robin Hood came out, it was that. It was that year. It was 1942. <laughs> <laughs> I got my first flip phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, wow, that's great. But yeah, so my mentors were the nine old men plus you know the Ken Andersons and the Bill Peets. So elementary, middle school, did you know about the nine old men? They, yeah, because by then that first the art of Walt Disney came out. You know that white book with Mickey Mouse on the cover, and then I, there were names in there, and I said, I got it for Christmas, I think, from my grandparents, and then I was like, oh, I read that book. You must have to, lost your mind when you it. I lost my mind, and then, the yeah, and then there was two versions. There was like the small um, soft cover one, mm -hmm. and then there was a bigger one, like three times or twice as thick hardcover. And I, I got to have that one, so I got that one too, and just I just ate it up. And I realized who Mark Davis was, Milt Call was, Ken Anderson, you know, all the guys. So you're you're the guys. You're the guys responsible for this. It's your fault. So now, who who else can? can teach me this who can show who else can show this to me and there wasn't anybody else that i knew of at the time i was looking at uh you know the because we're we have family in holland and i used to get comics from europe so i was influenced not just by them but by the like the european comic illustrators sure. you know and then i was gonna throw like norman rockwell in there yeah all right norman rockwell he, he uh doesn't we're pointing at the norman rockwell book. yeah yeah right and i hated that 
a lot of people didn't consider him like a, a true artist because his, you know, a lot of his characters are like over gesticulating or very dramatic or very emotional. But I'm thinking, well, that's what's making it interesting. Yeah, it's also why he's the number one. Yeah. I mean, look, it's a real human doing a real thing and it's appealing to look at and screw you, you art snobs. <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing. It's it, he can get so textural and gritty and real with it, yet push the appeal through all of that. Yeah, and it's all real. It's all realism, you know. So, yeah, I love Norman Rockwell. But again, you that's, know, no, that's no, no. the consistent guy. And mm -hmm. no matter who you talk to, doing realism or doing cartoony, he always seemed to resonate with kids and adults. Yeah. Yeah, all his stuff, all his compositions were appealing. Even the the still stuff of the the stoic poses of, you know, the man standing in a, in a meeting, standing up and speaking his mind to like the Thanksgiving dinner, to like the one I have on my wall of that the big delivery truck jammed in the alleyway with the little bull, with the bulldog sitting in front yeah. blocking the truck and all the different people emoting and, you know, just just gesturing. I just yeah, the whole gamut's there and it's all spot-on realistic and beautifully appealing you know so. when i uh, teach my realistic class i do a character and costume design class at a cda it's norman rockwell juice juice and sebastian kruger those are the, like we don't oh like, yeah like, yeah to see the appeal through the complexity the, like to me those are the guys to study yeah yeah it's just and it's to me it's almost the same it, it's akin to a lot of the stuff in the animation yeah it's about appeal, about you know making it convincing. You know, there's the the realism's there. That's if that's what's convincing to you, that's there. But then you know the appeal factor's got to be there. You know, like like those guys. Um, let's get into high school then. Um, let's go to high school. He likes high school. Class yeah. of '83. <laughs> yeah. Uh, were you taking art classes all, or high school art classes all through high school? We didn't have art classes. Mm -hmm. No. I mean the the art consisted of you know wood shop and uh, drafting and something else, but nothing where I could draw. So I took the drafting class. And, okay. and, and those classes also. Yeah, I, I thought it'd be boring because the teacher was just a drone. Like, oh. But he was a good teacher and I, the drafting class helps me to this day. Really? Yeah, just to get the perspective and then the orthographic views because you had to you do the 45 degree angle, uh, look down angle, the front angle, side angle, back angle, underneath. And it just taught me how to line it up and make sure it's all in perspective and correct and how, taught me how to print it clearly because they had to all print very clearly. Yeah, yeah that when was... When you say print, you mean like line it, make the guidelines and then write? Yeah, just to, yeah, to have a legible letters. handwritten letters. Yeah, because that's why you, I can you read my writing today. I, I see this in your, your Mark Cree work. So I remember really? Thing, like, it's all like... Even your environments, they're very cartoony, but there's structure there. It feels like a believable world where I can walk oh. into it. Yeah, that my drafting class helped. That's crazy. Yeah. I, you know, until you just said that, I forgot I had multiple drafting classes in, like, middle school. Oh, you had multiple classes? I only well, had, like, we I, only I, had I, one. No, no, I jumped, like, I, I went to a couple of different, because we moved. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that that class was a big help to me. Yeah, I, that was a good Those good big class. Desk with the green soft like whatever that rubbery mat is on the desk. Oh, you went to a nice. <laughs> I think we newer You had the wooden desk, right? Yeah, it was wooden. I think it it was the same space that they use for wood for wood shop because it was just like a big workbench <laughs> with like a like a hard kind of like a drawing board underneath it for us to draw on with a big clip clippy thing, or we just like masking tape our paper down to it. T squares. Anyway, T squares. Yep. 
Yeah, had to have two squares and triangles, make everything line up yeah. straight. That was really a good learning experience for Walking me. Walking into that class, like, seems like, oh, this is interesting. There's all this fun uh, supplies, and you're like, oh, I gotta do this traffic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to just draw on the side of my paper. Yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna top of that. Straight. This is where Mowgli. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stop drawing Mowgli in blue on the corner of your paper. Well, yeah, see, he's interacting with the. Yeah, dynasty. see, he's on the line. He's walking on the line. <laughs> I'll just draw them on my jeans then. <laughs> how many uh, how many years did you take draft? I think it was only a one year class. Yeah, gotcha. I would have taken more if they offered it. I think because I got a lot out of it. Mm -hmm. But I I don't know what else they would have. I don't know what else they would have taught me. Maybe a lot, but I learned a lot just from that one year. I don't know what else you know is entailed in drafting that I could have got out of it. That sure. probably a lot. I wish there was another <laughs> class for that. I got a lot out of that one year. So what city was San, Oh, La Mesa, the uh, county of San Diego. Was, did you go to the same high school for all four years? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were stable. We lived in the same house in the same neighborhood wow. our whole youth growing up. My dad's still in the same house. Wow. Yep, we all went to the same school, same elementary school, junior high, high school. It's crazy. I feel yeah. like I've moved like eight billion times. <laughs> oh, <laughs> was your dad in the military or something? No, we just... Uh, my mom and dad were divorced, so like we, I lived with my mom, we just moved around. Oh, I see. I mean, I really appreciate it because we, we live in little, little small towns. Where were you born? Uh, Erie, Pennsylvania. Oh, you're from yeah. back east. Yeah. For three years, I lived with my dad in Linesville, Pennsylvania, in Amish country. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So what I was that up, like? Uh, very Dwight Schrudish. <laughs> <laughs> On the beet farm. Yeah. <laughs> All those <the> money beets. <laughs> awesome. Um, but yeah, like so, it's it's really awesome to see those those jokes in the in the, in the office. office. Yeah, <laughs> like, there's that episode where Jim and Pam are pulling up to the Shrewd Farms, and Moe's runs along the car, and that sh that is real. Oh really? Like, I'm not trying to make fun or anything, but like that hit home. Uh, like, <laughs> memories. They run along, <laughs> and and the kids will run with the cars. Like it's. Yeah, it's just interesting. That's just what they that, do. Like, the, whoever wrote that moment uh -huh. lived amongst Amish people. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, that's like when we went back to, because our family is from Indonesia. I mean, I was born in San Diego, but they're Indonesian. When we went back um, when we were younger and we were in a car driving on the road, the kids would run alongside the car too, because they never, in certain villages, they didn't get cars sure. driving through the whole time. It's like, oh, it's a car. Yeah, oh, yeah. and there's a camera. Oh, so they just <laughs> run with us the whole way. You know, through the village, it was cool. <laughs> wow. So, well, let's get into a little bit of that. I, I didn't know you were from Indonesia. I, I just assumed you were Polynesian. When yeah. Well, my wife's, my wife's Hawaiian. We have a Polynesian dance group. So, yeah. you know, we're involved in the Polynesian community. We've been involved you know, forever. And um, we perform all throughout Southern California, Hawaii. You know, my wife teaches and our daughters dance. And everybody knows each other in the Polynesian dance community. So, yeah. That's super cool, man. Yep. Um, that's what we do. And so it's nice when I came on, they were, it was during Moana, but I came on right after they did all the pre-production, so they didn't oh, need any more concept art. I was like, you know, oh, come on, you, you knew, you knew me, <laughs> you knew me, you knew my background, but you waited until, waited until, waited until now, so that's all right, it's all good. Get me back there for Moana too. Okay. I already pitched my idea. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> Well, was there were there any teachers encouraging you like outside of the drafting? Oh yeah, yeah. All all my teachers because they all knew I drew. They got me to draw the editorial cartoons for the school papers, oh, which cool. was cool. Do you have any of those? I have a couple, and it was controversial because <laughs> I I <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, the, exactly because you know I like funny, and sometimes I I'm not appropriate. <laughs> 
but you know it it <laughs> it's, it's, it spoke it spoke of the subject matter but you know and they they encouraged me to you know do something in my career art related all my teachers did you know very supportive all my Mr. Not my economics and German teacher to my math teachers, Mr. Lagan, and so great. everybody just was very encouraging in school. I had a math teacher who <laughs> who told me, "What do you think you're going to do something with that?" No, no, really. <laughs> I I, w I knew my world, so uh -huh. like I was just like, "Did that really happen?" So uh -huh. I just, like, a little burst of energy popped out of my yeah. Brain. See, and and I I really appreciated all the support too, but I also was. I don't know why, but I was, I've always been like kind of practical and realistic. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciated what my dad did. My dad worked for San Jose Gas and Electric and he, I loved it. And he loved it as a stable job, stable company. You know, we were secure, always happy. That's what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And I knew that there, and I always wanted to stay in San Diego. I was born there, raised there, loved there, you know, the beach, the weather, whatever. And we were in LA enough to know that I, I loved going back home because... Yeah. It was always smoggy and dirty and oh, yeah, crowded up here. This was the seventies. Yeah, the seventies. And I was like, Yeah, I just want to live in San Diego, so I don't know what I'm gonna do for a job. So I pursued I went to college for other things than art because I wanted to be able to survive <laughs> if I if the art thing didn't work. So yeah, I got an AA at community college. But I hammered it all out like eighteen and a half units a semester just to get it over with so I could come up here sure. and pursue the art but i still did it just in case <laughs> just in case um yeah it still blows my mind that you are driving up from south of san diego to disney feature animation it was worth it oh yeah it's worth yes, it, yes, it but, but you, i usually take the train yeah. but driving isn't so bad you know that was that was the big the big test in the beginning it was like you know when they first called i was like you know i live in san diego i don't want to move also, we couldn't because you know we take care of my wife's parents at the time and all this, and everybody's in San Diego. And so, well, maybe take the train. Let's try it. Commute. See how see how you like it. Test it out. All right. And everybody said, oh, this isn't gonna last long. And it wasn't that bad. After the first week, I felt like a you know an OG LA commuter. I'm <laughs> getting on the train at Union Station, hopping on another train, getting off the bus. Yeah, I forgot how how great that coastliner is. Yeah. I take that like up and down because I lived in. Oh, no way. At the time, oh, that's right. I remember you saying that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I wish I could have met you guys back Oh, then. yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, for me, it was like there was no art community, so I, I didn't have a great time there, but you really appreciate mm -hmm. that place once you leave it. Yeah. You know? Well, now there's a big art community in San Diego. Yeah. Yeah. But the train was cool. So yeah, the commute worked. I got on it. It left at 4.30. Well, I had to drive to Oceanside because the Metrolink, Disney paid for the Metrolink, not the Amtrak. So I had to take the Metrolink from Oceanside to LA, left at 4.30, and I'd be at work, you know, between 7 and 7.30 every day. Oh, yeah. And if so I drive, it's only... Just to clarify, he's saying that's 4.30 in the morning. Oh, yeah. A.M., <laughs> people. The sun, the sun's not out. There's yeah, no we, traffic. It's we easy. We call him Jeff Maka, the, the morning man, Merghart. <laughs> Maka in the A.M., DJ. <laughs> and then driving isn't that bad, because if I leave the, same, the house the same time at 3.30, there's no traffic. I get up here in exactly two hours from driveway to driveway. Wow. So, it, and then I'll leave like a, you know, I just work through the whole day till one thirty, two o'clock and just leave. And when you say <clears> drive, oh, okay, that's when you're actually driving. Because I always thought that it's like two hours just to downtown San Diego. Oh, from my house in Chula Vista. Well, the way I drive, it's <laughs> two hours. Very responsibly. Yeah. Yes, very responsibly. With the stop at Starbucks 
And <clears throat> yeah, it takes two hours, driveway to driveway. Going home is a different story, depending on the day. So I'll usually take the, I won't try not to drive on Thursdays and Fridays, but at least once a week drive or once a week work from home if it's, if it's cool. Well, I, I vow to your <clears throat> Thanks. It's, it was um, all worth it. So, uh, all right, let's get back to, to high school. Oh, must uh, we? <laughs> high school. It's a beautiful time. <laughs> Love the breakfast club. <laughs> about high school. I had a good time in high school. Okay, let's talk about um, maybe like your last couple of years. I wasn't doing anything art-wise while I was in high school. I mean, aside from drawing for the school newspaper and drawing for my friends and drawing on my homework assignments. The art of chasing the honeys? No, I didn't. I wasn't even into that. I was just into... I was an animation nerd. After school, if I wasn't playing volleyball or going to the beach or playing, I didn't start playing football till the last half because I didn't know how, but then they asked me to. So then I used to like to go home after school and watch, um, there was like Popeye and Tom and Jerry on after school. I'd go home and watch those because those are the good ones. Yeah. And But then I started playing football and I couldn't watch those anymore. I was like, oh, man. If you've ever seen Jeff before, he very much looks like a football player. <laughs> not, Cross with a surf. Not, not as much as I used to. <laughs> I've lost a little weight and a little hair. <laughs> you cultivate that mass. Yes, right? It's just shifted to the back of oh, my dude. head. When I was 24, I was like, what is this? I started just a few little things oh, really? on my forehead. It's like, what's happening? <laughs> it's growing. It's like Sade. Yeah. <laughs> Becoming a caricature of myself. Yeah. Oh, I... Characters of myself are so ugly. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. So let's talk about your last two years of high school. Uh, something's in the back of your mind. You're having an inkling of like, I, mm. I, I need to do something once I get out of high school. Like, yeah, yeah. I um, I got a portfolio together because I by then I was I knew what was happening in the animation industry and I wanted to be at Disney and I knew that there was a program, an animation program that they had that Eric and I knew who he was who Eric Larson was and what he was oh, doing. And yep, and I wanted... Not the Image Comics Eric Larson. <laughs> nah. Is there another Eric Larson? I'm, I'm not aware of any other Eric Larson. But so I put a portfolio together. I went to the local... Let me see, there's like this drafting company and they printed stuff and they put stuff on vellum. I thought, oh, it'd be cool. I'll put some of my... I had all these character designs and life drawings and I had to print it on vellum because it looked cool. Yeah, yeah. And then I put it in the big black binder portfolio. It must have weighed like 20... 15 pounds and it this is the 80s this no, no this no. oh yeah you're right this is eight the, the early 80s because he graduated in 83 it was like my junior year or senior year and i shipped it to disney and then um how big how wide is this thing it was about as big as this monitor okay so it's about like, like yeah about a foot and a half tall and about two feet wide about one of those okay. black yeah yeah, yeah. looking things and we shipped it up there and then so, so this wasn't an ipad no, <laughs> no, I got a flip phone, remember? <laughs> so, but I got it. With the rotary dial. Yeah, right. Um, they, I forget how long they had it, but they shipped it back and um, with this really nice letter on, with Snow White letterhead. Oh, dude. Yeah, I, 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 oh, I, oh, yeah, it's on my shelf. It's, I saved it all. And they said, you know, thank you for submitting. Um, you have a lot of, I don't remember the words, but it's, it was putting me down in a nice way, but they said, we'd like you to um, attend CalArts, the animation program. And they sent me this rad brochure with all this um, milk call drawings of Little John on it oh, and some, freaking. oh God, yeah. And some 
some cool Freddie Moore drawings of Mickey Mouse on the back and inside, because it was during Robin Hood, and, or they must have printed it during Robin Hood because it had a lot of Robin Hood development art in it. I was like, oh, this is awesome. I'm just, thank you for the pamphlet. Dude, that, that thing's probably worth some money. Like, Maybe, but I ain't giving that thing. I, oh, I, I should have brought it to show you. Yeah. I should have brought it to show you. It's really cool. But anyway, you know, back back then, so cool Cal Arts, but can't afford to go to CalArts, so whatever. What so, yeah, right. So, you know, I stayed in San Diego. Went to, that's when I went to Grossmont College, and I mm-hmm. got an AA and did minored in sociology and physical therapy, whatever. Gotcha. And then once I got, once I graduated, my dad drove me, had my dad drive me up, because by then, Don Bluth had broken off with Gary Goldman and John Pomeroy and those guys and started Don Bluth Studios. So when, I'm going to find these guys. 84? Four-ish, yeah, eighty-four then, and then um, so he—I I don't remember how I got his address, but I got the address, and it was in Burbank. But they had moved from Burbank to Van Nuys, one six one three four Hart Street, Van Nuys, California. I will never forget it. So my dad drove me across to Van Nuys, and we found it. There was two brick warehouses across the alley from each other, and I just knocked on the door, and they let me in, and this. They looked at my stuff, like right there, and they said, well, come on, do an animation test. I'm like, what? So I looked at my dad, and I said, go. So I went inside, and we did a, you know the scene in Dragon's Lair where Princess Daphne is, like, sitting there, she goes, ooh, like this, and her hair, her curls just bounce and come up like this. That was the animation test, and I had to do the in-betweens and clean them up, and there was a couple other guys in there at the time, too, doing it, and I did it, and I turned it in, and then... I used the pencil test machine for the first time, and that was cool. And Don Bluth was there, and I think it was uh, Vera Lanfer was there supervising it. And they said, yeah, come on in. You can work. Went, what? 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 So, yeah. So then I, because, like, like I said, we have family in L.A. I hooked up with some uh, cousins and aunts and uncles that live up here and uh, stayed with them, and I would work for Don Bluth. And that was cool. That was a big learning experience. Yeah. Big learning experience. How long was that? How long was I there? Yeah. Uh, a couple of years, I guess, yeah. And that was fun. And I thought in the beginning, oh, I must be kind of cool, right? He just accepted me right off the street. And then I started to realize, oh, who's? they were bringing in these other people. And some kid sat right next to me. And they said, oh, this is our friend's son who works over at Filmation, he's going to be doing some uh, cleanups with us too. I went, really? And then he was terrible. And then these other guys, then I realized they were just bringing everybody in to help because they were behind schedule. And yeah, they needed to get get it done. So, oh, I ain't that special. But (laughs) I learned a lot. I learned a lot there. You must have been out of your mind just being there. I was. It was cool. And it was... Don was great, and I was really like, um, um, like starstruck too, because I actually knew who John Pomeroy was, Gary Goldman, and, and remember when you walk into the the main building, um, you turn to the right and go down the corridor. John Pomeroy's office is right there in the corner, and you walk by and you see him drawing, and I never had the courage to say hi, but but Don was at the other corner, and he was really friendly and gregarious. I was always talking to him, but I could never get the courage to say hi to John, but he was he was there. He was always there working away. Yeah. So that, that was a cool experience. Man. Yeah. And they would show um, some Friday. It was supposed to be every Friday, but some Fridays they would 
show um, like the dailies on the back wall of the, the 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 building on the other side of the street, and just to show progress and stuff. And we never saw Steven Spielberg, but he was always involved. I heard he was there before, usually before I had been there. But yeah, it was that was a cool time. And this was uh, for American Tale. I'm, yeah, we're working on American Tale. That's what it was, American Tale. There was a lot of good people there. That was fun. That was fun. And then they had that was my first time I realized you have to take your taxes out because <laughs> I never did that and I learned the hard way what happens when you don't take your taxes out of your paycheck and you just spend your money and my first vegan food because Don had vegetarian lunch trucks show up for lunch oh, every day. I guess so. Yeah, the whole refrigerator in the kitchen had, I thought it was weird, tasted weird, but it was, yeah, yeah my first taste of vegan, <laughs> I'm all vegan food. Wow, that's, yeah. that's in the 80s. I, I yeah. That word wasn't even on my work. Well, yeah. I was three years old, so. You're all, shut <laughs> up. You're killing me. You're killing me, Smalls. Whatever, dude. I'm like, I'm like your dad. <laughs> Fine, then. I'd be proud to be your daddy. <laughs> but yeah, first taste of vegan food, first taste of taking your taxes out of your money, writing invoices on my own like a big person. <laughs> Oh, yeah. you had the invoice? Oh, yeah, because we were all, we were contractors, yeah, so we had to invoice. We got paid by the foot. By the foot. I forget the rate. The rate depended on the scene, on the difficulty of your scene. So you got paid by the foot, depending on the difficulty of your scene. If there was yeah, like if you get a scene with just like, you know, one scene of like Feifel, like turning his head, you know, that was uh, less than like a scene with like all six characters riding on the back of Tiger or like, I, there was a scene, they did a lot of rotoscoping stuff, like when you see the map with the the uh, toy and wooden mice and cats on it, that's all like rotoscoped and they would move it around. Okay. And even though that was, you know, just tracing, that was considered difficult and you yeah. got paid more for that. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. And you said you were there like three or four years? Oh, not that long. It wasn't more than two. It was, okay. yeah. And then... So that, that, that was your college? It was. Yeah. I learned a lot. And then they, all of a sudden, I was talking to Don, he was doing some layouts and stuff and then he said you going to ireland i'm like why not like yeah i'm like no why oh and i guess because you know i'm not part of the management i didn't know what's going on i just mind my own business i'm on the i'm in the other building um so i don't hear a lot of stuff that's happening so yeah we're gonna go to ireland because the main backer sullivan whatever his partner they're gonna go back to ireland and get the work done cheaper and stuff and like oh ireland yeah. What are the beaches like in Ireland? <laughs> and I said, oh, no. Bridges. Yeah, so when we were done with American Tail, I just came back down, back down wow. to Dago. So, that's crazy. Because at the time, that's there was nothing, and Disney wasn't doing anything. See, I was such an art snob, I didn't want to work at Disney anymore because I don't know what they were doing, but I remember I, I didn't like it. I, really yeah. Right? Yeah. There wasn't. Yeah, the quality that Disney was doing at the moment. This is before Little Mermaid, wow. before the Renaissance. It was like, well, not so great. But uh, Great Mouse Detective was great, was good. And I, th I think I actually did the scenes for that on accident. Because, like I said, there were some people doing contract stuff. And then one of the guys that I shared a room with at Bluth, he had brought in, because he was working at Disney. Some of the other guys were working at Disney, too. And he had a stack of scenes, and they were in a different color folder. But I remember it was this big, fat cat. And then I had nothing to do, so I took it and I was in betweening it and stuff like that. And then there was like two or three scenes like that with that cat. And then I think the guys, 
I think his name was Mike, this cool, like, blonde surfer-looking guy. If you're out there, Mike, hi, sorry. <laughs> and then when I saw Great Master Tech, I'm like, hey, that looks like this scene that I did. But I thought it was for American Tale because it, it was a cat. Wait, wait, wait. But there, was no, 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 there wasn't anything on it that said Walt Disney Studios, which was mind. weird. So, so I, let, let's clarify you worked on Great Mouse Detective. I th- Hold on, on accident. <laughs> I think, I think it was Felicia the cat, where where she kind of goes meow in her. She goes when she oh does that God, take, <laughs> and then so there's some rest of where she was drawing. I didn't work on that, but I thought I saw those drawings in another folder that I didn't oh, touch. Dude. I'm like, oh, but maybe this is why podcasts are important. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm sorry, everybody. Ron, Ron, and John, sorry, I didn't ask. If that was it, because I, there are folders that we worked on. They were just like kind of nondescript scene folders. Mm-hmm. And his, I think it was pink or blue. It was a different color folder, but it didn't say Disney on it or anything. So I don't know where it came from, but I just, that was a cool design. So I just took it, gotcha. did the drawings and, and left it there. So That's maybe he drew over it or he left them as is. If he left them as You're is, like, oh, nice. yeah, then, the it's, now. then it's mine. But <laughs> You're welcome. Um, okay, so... Usually in this podcast, obviously, I want to structure it so like we go through your early years, your high school, college, and then we, we getting into the industry. But your college was getting into the industry. Like, yeah, was your, your that was my college. Learning on the job, trial by fire. Yeah, so, learn the hard way to, when you're doing cleanup, make it clean because the first time you see your drawings up on a giant <laughs> screen and you see a smudge or a crooked line, you're like, oh my God, no, why did I let that go by? And you see your, your in-betweens are not as smooth and as they need it to be. It's like, oh, no, redo, redo, redo. Yeah, and this is all film, right? Yeah, 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 it's all on film. Yeah, you're not using the Amiga? Or what, what, what was that? Uh, I Later don't know. Later on, there was like this, com- this we had college, we had something from the 80s. Oh, I don't computer. I don't we just had, we just shot our scenes and we just put our paper, it was a big stand with a TV on top of it and a camera underneath it pointed down at the table, with, at a light table. And we just put our drawings on there and hit the button for one frame or two frames or however many frames we wanted to shoot it for or hold it for. And then we'd play back on the TV. But, you know, it's the size of a TV screen, so it's not like huge. So it's, gotcha. Oh, so it's video for those. Yeah, it was, it's VHS, VHS. I see, I see. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you had to, like, look at it really closely. And, you know, they're always being okayed by, you know, Vera or Don was standing there to make sure that it looked okay and was clean enough. But when you see it on the big screen, the, the anal animator in you goes, oh, I would need to redo that. I need to redo that again, please. So uh, what did you learn from Don or Gary? Um, not to, didn't see Gary that much. He, just Gary would walk around. And <laughs> he was really cool, but he well just walked around and some Gary walking Goldman. around. Gary Goldman, yeah, he was nice. Um, Don, what did I learn from Don? Mm, he was our, my main interactions with Don were you know approving my scenes and just talking. He liked there was a piano in the lunchroom and I used to play piano. And he'd come in and listen to me play piano. Oh my gosh, which, I didn't which you was, play piano. Wait, wait, how did we miss this? So this is part of your... has nothing to do with animation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably piano, why. I, I do lots of other things that I don't know you want to get into <laughs> that have nothing to do with animation. Oh, I mean, it's realistic, right? It, it oh, has yeah. some yeah. sort of uh, bearing. Yeah. Well, yeah, I like music. What, I like when music. did you start playing the piano? Oh, uh, I think I was maybe eight years old. 
seven years old. But I can't play by ear, so I have to. I have to have music. Oh. I have to read music. So wow. if I don't have music, I'm useless on so a piano. So would you say that your 2D is a little intuitive, but your your music is more analytical? Um, only for piano, I think, because I also play, you know, ukulele and drums, like Tahitian drums and other Polynesian instruments and stuff. And for that, I don't use notes. It's all by ear. Yeah. So all that stuff, I can jam, you know, I can jam out that stuff, no music. Yeah. We can all play together. We know it's all, you know, we're all familiar with it. But if I'm playing piano, because I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm tone deaf, because I think I'm singing something in the right key or playing something in the right key with, if I don't have notes, but it's... People are telling me that's not that's not quite <laughs> right. You might want to go back to the sheet music. <laughs> but on on a, on a uke or Titian banjo, whatever, I I know all the different chords and I can I can match it up Super to what they're playing with. So it's I don't know what my deal is. Yeah, and, I wonder what the... I know something something's not work not clicking on all cylinders up there. <laughs> some cylinders well, fire. Most some of the cylinders don't. are fired into your two D work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, my brain is a is a V eight. Eight cylinder, not like the mines today are all computers, <laughs> computer engines. Yeah, my mind is in my phone. <laughs> Mine isn't because it won't yeah. fit in my flip phone. <laughs> there, yeah, there is no mind in my phone. <laughs> um, well, that's awesome. So, okay, let's get back to, yeah, we're jumping, jumping decades here. <laughs> but yeah, oh, Don taught me, Don taught me, you know, the discipline of, you know, work actually working hard because that was my first experience actually animating and doing cleanup and in-betweens and and he taught me all that you know right there him and Vera you know the importance of you know the consistency of my drawings and the draftsmanship always being consistent you know that was hammered home by Donna by Donna a lot who's Vera she was the head of cleanup she was married to Doris he was like the head of effects all that stuff so yeah, she was our supervisor for cleanup and in-betweens. Me and my friend um, and the ladies, we, we went to see, you're going to be jealous, we went to go see Secret and Nim uh? down at the Vista Theater, this old uh, theater in uh, Los Feliz. Oh, really? And I've never really sat and watched the whole thing in one sitting. Like, just, because yeah, I watch pieces and I kind of flip through it. Like when it's on TV or yeah. something? Yeah. Uh. Um, so, like, sitting there, like, and seeing the theaters. Yeah, it's yeah. it's visually cool. It's, I love it, but I always thought it's kind of weird. Don's first movies and uh, projects I thought lacked a bit of a soundtrack or a sound effect or something. It all seemed kind of kind of quiet. Maybe it was just me, but it seemed like you know what I mean. Like even even Nim, there was a lot of open audio space. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where normally I'm used to hearing something. Soundtrack wise or sound effects wise, maybe it's just me. I, th I think I get a sense of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I yeah. wonder if that was a stylistic choice or just like. Yeah, maybe. Budget. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. But I, I always. Pay it for that fully. Yeah, I always noticed that. I don't know why I noticed that, but I did. So, yeah, so Bluth came back home, oh, back yeah. to San Diego. So, is there anything else we can talk to about being at Bluth? Like, like if we're treating it as your. Your college experience. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, I learned a lot about, you know, not jealousy, but being the new, the, the new young guy. Because, well, like all, everybody else was like being yanked off the street. But I I just came in and was animating over certain animators stuff sometimes. And I remember they didn't appreciate that. So they would, I mean, I was told to. But then, you know, I'm just the new kid that came up and said, hey, you know, you, did you draw over my scene? 
yeah, sorry. Then they, yeah. You were told to, right? I was told to. You should have drew it better. Oh. <laughs> but, you know, there's a lot of, there's some guys there from Brazil and Ireland, and maybe there was like a communication issue or something. But, um, but yeah, there's just minor was there any, conflicts. Uh, did you get any tips on draftsmanship as you were, you're doing your in-betweens? Um, yeah, yeah. A lot from, from Don and them when they're, because they also like flip, flip through the scene too. And then they, they check for that. So a lot of tips on that. Something cool, though, not related to like anything I learned there, but in our side of the, the building, it was, it was a big empty space. And they had, you walk through towards the back and you'd walk through the area where they were doing all the ink and paint. And all the cells were there being dried because they were still painting them on the back. But beyond there were these huge boxes of styrofoam thing. And I went back there and I'm looking through the boxes and it was the, remember in American Tale, the Great Mouse of Minsk, that big, the actual marionette of styrofoam balls of that is the Mouse of Minsk was there just in a box. It was huge. It was so awesome. But also back there were the styrofoam models of the vehicles from Space Ace and Dragon's Dark Time Warp. I'm like, oh my God. God, they this is all they, so cool. Did they do that 101 Dalmatians thing where they drew the lines yep. on the model? Yep, all the lines I, I were just, drawn on there. I'm ashamed to say I just found out about that recently. And I was like floored. I was like, oh, yeah, obviously that makes so much sense. Oh, what did you think model. it was all just hand drawn? Well, no, like I, I knew it looked rotoscope, uh -huh. but I didn't realize they were drawing the lines on the model. Yeah, so yeah. Great. It was neat. And I saw them like in person. I was holding them. I was like, oh, I want to take this home and put it like on a shelf. It was, yeah, the the, the space, space aces thing and props from Dragons in Our Time Warp. All the, the foam core with the black lines on it and the mouse of Minsk with the black lines on it. That was all just stored back there in cardboard boxes. It was cool. Yeah, I wonder where that is now. Oh, I didn't know. I hope they're in a museum somewhere. Those are cool. It always blows my mind when he like he does. He still does some teaching online, I believe. Yeah, I see his ads for his classes online. It's really great. I almost wish he was like he's doing it bigger. Yeah. Do it in a lecture hall. Oh, that would be cool. Like get hundred people. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool if he actually got his his movie made. I didn't. I don't know if they got enough funding to get. I didn't hear anything. About yeah. That, but yeah, what a shame. If yeah, there's enough talent not working at the moment. Yeah. You can move to, to Arizona, right? I could, <laughs> but, you know, Burbank's about as far from the ocean as I want to be. <laughs> That's fine. be back just every two days. Yeah, right. Yeah. No. I don't mind the heat, but it's the dry. It's the dry heat. Oh, yeah, I'll shrivel up. <laughs> as soon as I walk out of the car, i got to put chapstick on it. My sister lives in Arizona. It's unlivable. It's like Vegas. As soon as I got off the plane in Vegas, my elbows and my knees and my feet just crack. Just instantly crack and my lips start to crack and drop. And I'm just like miserable. Like, oh, I need some lotion. I need some lotion and some chapstick, please. Yeah, we did a show for, because we do the Polynesian um, shows and stuff. There's this big, quote unquote, um, international sporting events in Arizona. Okay. And our friend's group couldn't do it. And he asked if we would go cover the contract for him and go to Arizona and do this quote-unquote international sporting event with people from all over the world. And we're like, sure, sounds cool. It's in an arena. We drive to Arizona and it's hot as hell. Oh, I'm all shriveled up and cracking. I get out of the car and it's, it's a barn. First of all, we're driving down the road, this gravel driveway, and it's this giant steel chicken on the side of the road. Well, what is that? And we go down the road and it's, it's a barn. And we go inside the barn and there's, there's some bleachers in a barn it was a cock fight a chicken oh, no. fight 
oh, are you serious? And there was just like a, it was like a boxing ring in the middle of a barn with bleachers all around it. They weren't Wait, as... Was this advertised? No. Well, not to, it was advertised to these guys because yeah. there, there's literally people from all over the world with chickens and roosters. And just follow the steel chickens. I guess it was horrific. Yeah. I mean, and then we had to dance and we brought our, we have we had a new band, these you know big three hundred pound Hawaiian guys, and there's like five of them. They took up half of the half of the chicken fighting ring, and they had to perform on the dirt. And the rest of it was like, oh, it was just a nightmare. Yeah. And then as soon as soon as we were done, they threw the ch- they didn't waste a beat. They just stepped right in with their chickens and fight. Woo! Feathers and blood were everywhere, and the kids were screaming. We're like, oh, get us out of here. <laughs> But it was hot. Yeah, Arizona, I'm over it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Arizona. I bet Don Bluth wouldn't approve of the chicken. Yeah, chicken. yeah, I'm probably not. <laughs> um, back to Don Bluth, uh, studio came We're up. all pretty much like on our own there. It was really, they were really trying to get it done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he was under a lot of pressure. And he was hands-on, you know, and was coming to approving everything. But as far as, you know, input and stuff, I mean, a lot of my stuff, a lot of... My, a lot of people's stuff, you know, went through. There wasn't that much feedback, you know. Right. Like maybe every every third one, you'd have to go redo something on it. But other than that, most of them were going through because they were crunching, they were behind schedule, yeah. and they just needed to get it done. What about um, the, the guys that were working at Disney that you were working alongside? Did, did they give you any tips? While, now, while I was at Disney? No, no, I'm sorry. At, at Bluth? Yeah. Oh. Like the surfer dude you were working with? Oh, no. No, because um, the the couple guys from Brazil, they didn't like me because I was drawing over their stuff, so I didn't get tips from them. The other people that I was working closely with were really cool, um, but they were all um, kind of like maybe on the same level. They didn't really like have much to offer, and if they did, they weren't sharing with me. One of the only guys there, his name was, I remember his name was Russ, really cool guy. But he practically lived in his white station wagon, and he was doing freelance for a lot of studios. He was doing storyboards for somebody, and animation for somebody else, and because he had them all in the back of his car. Because I show up, I I couldn't work early, and his his car was always still parked in the parking lot because he was sleeping in it overnight trying to get work done. And um, he would always um, he would give me tips on cleanup because he was a really good cleanup artist. He did the scene in American Tale where they're looking for Fifel at the end and his whole mouse family is on Tiger's back and all at once that's all one scene he did that and then so he he was pretty prolific and he was just he gave me pointers on you know the on cleanup and you know tips on how to be more productive and get more footage mm-hmm. get more footage out because I was I wasn't that fast because I was like really anal i wanted all the drawings to be yeah my first job i know i wanted all the drawings to be perfect from every angle you know no matter what they're doing it's got to be a great drawing so i wasn't the fastest but um he was fast and his and his draftsmanship was you know pretty tight so i remember he used to give me some tips and stuff more than um more than anybody else okay. yeah i mean vera vera and don did because you know they were always approving the yeah. stuff and looking through it so you know there was always theirs but out of the other artists there, they didn't really. Do you, do you remember anything from Vera or, or Don that like any little art nuggets that really stuck in the back of your mind? And, yeah, just about you know, thickness of line, being aware of you know, because when it's gonna be up on the big screen, 
you got to be able to see the line, the lines that are important. Not every line is as important as, you know, the others, you know. So you want to be able to, like, have, and, you know, we're all using, like, graphite pencils and stuff. So you want to, like, dig it a certain way and make this line thicker around here on the jaw, around the, the heavier parts of the anatomy or the character design and make sure the silhouette's clear with your line. So those type of details um, were driven home by the both of them gotcha. so pretty consistently. Tapering your line, or are you, are you reserving certain lines for certain shapes? What, what do you mean reserving? Like, like, like my lines would there'd be a lot of tapered lines. Okay. In, well, in my I, stuff. I didn't know if like maybe the the silhouette of the head had a thicker line, and then the interior shape maybe had a slightly thinner. Yeah, line. yeah, kind of, kind of like that. But some some objects, some details within the shape would be thicker too, like you know, around the eyes, the tops of the eyes, or the the line, the top line of the mouth, perhaps within the bigger shape of the head. Mm -hmm. But I would want watch them draw they didn't say much but just watching them do cleanup was was a learning experience because they would do lines and just smooth one smooth gesture solid line and it would it took me a while to be able to do that because that was more like you know small sections little little scratchy trying to get the thickness in the right places and get the flow flow the flow of the line feeling right um, but watching them draw was um more of a learning experience than anything sure, they really yeah, yeah. than they really said, because yeah. I saw how they did it. Yeah, and that that's how I learned by watching how they did it. Absolutely, because I, I never got drawovers or corrections in class settings until I came to California, and this was after four and a half years of art college. Oh, draw, drawovers are the best. Yeah, and I took classes with Jeff Watts. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In Encinitas, which is just north of San Diego. Yeah. Um, but yeah, put a piece of tracing paper over your drawing, fix your drawing. Mind blown. Yeah. yeah. Art can be taught. Yep. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh my god. Dude, this is after college. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah, to this day it's just like it's it, it's so exciting and encouraging to me that it's okay. If you have the passion, you can get the answers, you can fix your issues. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was that was a good a big takeaway from both of them was yeah, totally more cool. more watching how they would draw than, you know, anything they said. They said productive you know constructive things but to watch their line work was mind-blowing gotcha. can we back up a little bit yeah because uh I, I just realized that you built your portfolio in although they were letting sons and daughters, yeah uh, into the studio to, to do the cleanup they saw something in your work right they, they wouldn't if you off the street they wouldn't just give you a job for some random person yeah so, i'd like to think so <laughs> so in college you were taking academic classes, mm. or were you taking the art classes? And I, I had one art class in community college, and I got a C. <laughs> <laughs> and whatever. It was, it was, my stuff was cool. The first day, it was all, it was a art, it's a charcoal class. It wasn't like drawing it, but it was charcoal, drawing with charcoal, doing inanimate objects and whatever. But the first project, the very first day, he said, draw whatever you want. You know, here's this big piece of, textured paper and here's some charcoal go home and it was twice a week like a tuesdays and a thursday and everybody else came back with you know here's an apple or the corner of a table and i did this huge portrait of a lion's face close up <laughs> the whole the mane and everything and his eyes was like it was, it was my dad yeah my my dad has it has it framed in the living room oh, cool. so, or he had it framed in the living room and then was, they were like up hanging on on the side of the walls and it was it was, I thought it was cool, a little embarrassing, because everybody else did like 
an apple yeah. and a table edge. And, and the guy what just you you the guy just looked at it and said, mm, didn't really say much about it. C-minus. Yeah, and then after, <laughs> after that, we just we were we had to draw the apples and the edge of a table and then yeah. a, a pencil, and then I I did everything else everybody else was doing, and I had a C out of it. Interesting. Uh, whatever. I learned how to use I'll charcoal. <laughs> See you on the big screen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. You only, that was the only art class in college? Yeah. Wow. All the, my other classes were general ed because I wanted to get out of there, my degree, as my AA yeah, as yeah, soon yeah. as possible. How, but how many I, years did you push through? Two, two, two years. But I was taking like 18 and a half credits a semester because really? I wanted to come up here and work. Yeah. But I was, take, I was minor, taking um, occupational physical therapy classes because I wanted to be able to fall back on that, mm -hmm. you know, as a thing if I ever needed to. And I did when I came back. After Bluth, I came back and I worked at UCSD Medical Center as a oh, wow. assistant physical therapist and occupational. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I don't want to get it too too far, but like, yeah, you've, you've had quite a career. Yeah, I've done everything. Yeah. I've brought my you? resumes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I was kind of like stranded because after, after, after Bluth, Bluth they went yeah, to they went to Ireland and I was like, okay, well, I'm going back home to San Diego. I mean, which is fine, but that was the end of my animation career at the time because there's nothing else. And yeah, and you were really into the Bluth work, and you didn't have any ambitions for other studios at the time. Uh uh. Even at the, like I said, even Disney wasn't doing anything, you know, particularly, you know, interesting to me. Sure. That I thought was great looking. Sorry, Disney. <laughs> but that's how it was at the time yeah. until they did Little Mermaid. So I just came back to San Diego and worked at the hospital and the loading docks and drove the forklifts gotcha. and all that good stuff. So. Okay, so you were at Booth like maybe over two years? Well, not too much, but yeah, it was okay. close to two years. Then you went back to San Diego. Um, when you're working your day jobs, were you still building? Like, were you like, okay, now I need to build an another portfolio? Or were you just kind of like, was art a hobby at that it, time? It, I was always drawing. By then, I was doing a lot of stuff for people from, for money by then. I was doing some uh, comic art storyboards oh. and panels and stuff like that. Nice. And, um, How'd that come up? There's a, in Alcajon is a part of um, San Diego, as William Shatner once said, the anus of San Diego. Oh, <laughs> El Cajon. <laughs> There's a, called Blackthorn Publishing. They did um, comics and they did 3D comics. Yeah. And um, I forget how we hooked up, but I was doing all the pencil drawings and layouts for the California Raisins comics. Oh. And then uh, the, uh, the advertisements that, the, the big old spreads that had everything from the Transformers to Pop, because they did Transformer comics, Popeye, Dick Tracy, you know, the California Raisins, and I had to do the kind of splash page where all the characters are on it promoting something. I was doing those for them. But then they'd have somebody somebody else ink it, and oh, I hated when, I, oh my God, when you, when you get somebody drawing, going over your stuff, yeah. and they just mutilate it. And Especially like, after you spent two years really focusing on Yeah, it. right. I, I, I got it. I got this. this let you me do just it. just turned in a funny yeah. <laughs> But they had someone else. And they did it. They had to do it a special way, I guess, because it was to go on, to be seen by 3D glasses. So they had it printed with blue and red ink and something. So it was one of those novelty things. But they're, they did pretty well. They were in business for a while doing the 3D comics. So, was, so what was your ratio of, of artwork to like working in the hospital? Oh, artwork was like way, way minimum. It was always on the side. Gotcha. I didn't do artwork, you know, heavy until 
yeah, the the late nineties. Were you were you a sketchbook guy, or were you like an, just to be connected? Were you working on animation paper as your sketchbook? I always have, and I still have the same box of animation paper that I've. I covet. It's all yellow, but and I never want to use it because I don't want to waste it. But I've, I, I'll draw. Yeah, but I would go get the heavy, heavyweight bonded kind of um, just Xerox the paper from the copy store. It's the it's a little bit thicker, has a nicer, smoother tooth to it, and I, that's what I would just draw. On. Yeah, or then the big eleven by seventeen paper because I tend to draw bigger, but then it's always hard to. Make a copy because it doesn't fit on the copy machine back then, you know. So yeah, they don't have twenty by thirty scanners. Yeah, yeah. Now, now they do. But yeah, so I wasn't doing a lot of art. I was doing it for fun. When did things pick up again? Because I want to. I kind of want to get into that that span of time. Uh huh. Going back to San Diego after Bluth to when it picked up again. It picked up again in the in the 90s. I was working, I was the warehouse manager for Zet Manufacturing, and then I got a call from uh, Al Lowenheim. Oh, because I, I forgot, I left something out. After Bluth, I, when I came back down, there was an animation studio in San Diego called oh. Lion's Den Pictures Watson General Studios in La Jolla. Because back then, I would, we had the phone book. And I would just go through the phone books and looking for anything under animation and art. And I found them. Control F. Animation. Yeah. Control what? <laughs> I'm, I'm flipping a yellow, the yellow pages. And then, yeah, I found them. I found their address. And I went. That's, that's my MO now. I, I never call ahead. I just show up with my resume portfolio. <laughs> I kick, kick the door in and said, I'm here. Can you use me? Where's my color race? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I did that there. I walked in and I said, hey. And this is right after Bluth. And. They were doing a lot of, they were doing stuff for SeaWorld, for Anheuser-Busch, used to own SeaWorld. And they were doing a SeaWorld, uh, a Shamu feature film, 2D, and a TV special, 2D, and some spots, commercial spots. And I I worked there for a couple years. They were in business there. We also did a, a sequel to um, Yellow Submarine called Strawberry Fields, which oh. never got finished. Gotcha. In fact, this... May, there's a, not San Diego Comic Con, there's another Comic Con, and we're doing a panel on the studio on that Strawberry Fields movie. So that, that'll be interesting. But yeah. Like coming up. Yeah, coming this up year? this year. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know when the, when the dates are. It's going to be down in San Diego on Arrow oh, Drive. Cool. But yeah, so we're doing a panel on that stuff we worked on there, and that stuff was fun. But then um, Anheuser-Busch was, oh no, Anheuser-Busch bought, the people who own SeaWorld, which was Harcourt Brace Jovanovich, a publishing company. I know it's a lot of names. <laughs> but in our story, Shamu's parents were killed by drunk fishermen. Interesting. Yeah, and I did all the character, the layouts, which I learned from Don Bluth how to do character layouts and environment layouts. And all the layouts had these drunk fishermen drinking beer, shooting and killing the killer whales, kids. And then Hazard Bush said, no! Shelve it, and so because they're who, who, who spearheaded that initial idea? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I I forget. Yeah, we we must. They must have because it was already approved by the time I got yeah, on then, there. And then the person who really needed to approve it finally saw it. And was like, what yeah, yeah, and well, the, the new owners were at Anheuser Busch, and they said, "Oh, that shows beer in a negative light." So we're not gonna do that one anymore. So yeah, we that one was was shelved, and then after. After a while, the company just kind of 
didn't have anything to work on. I just kind of shut down. Yeah. And then after that, I wasn't doing any, any art or animation until what, the what 90s. What year was, were you working at the studio? This was the mid-80s. The mid, the mid to late 80s. Yeah, so maybe like 87, 88, 89, I'm, I'm guessing. Oh, so you were there for a few years? Or? It was like, it was at least two years, okay. two, maybe three years. It must have been great though when you found out that that was there. You were yeah, like, I was like, there's an animation studio <laughs> in so San Diego, in La Jolla? <laughs> oh my God, I'm in heaven. Yeah, every lunch I'd go down to the beach, go in the water. It was, so it was heaven. It was, it was awesome. And yeah, it was, it was great. And then by then I had married my wife and we had two little baby girls and when that studio um folded up there was nowhere to go i wasn't going to come back up to uh, and by then disney was doing things yeah. there was the little mermaid was coming out and i think roger and you know the roger rabbit and then there was always the option of huh working on that stuff but i didn't want to move my family to la I didn't want to work in L.A. with my family. I wanted to stay in San Diego, so we stayed. And I actually got a couple of calls from, I forget his last name. His name's Bill. Nice man. I think he, he was head of recruiting. They were in production with the Rescuers Down Under at one time, and then also during Hunchback. Asked if I was interested to come up and do some, some work, but I couldn't. Wow. You know, So I, I wasn't doing anything. I stayed in San Diego. The worked. pool of San Diego is strong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I understand it. <laughs> yeah. If once once you're there, you don't really want to leave. And um, so yeah, it wasn't until the '90s when Lightspan, when I got the call from Light from Al Lowenheim when I was working at was at manufacturing in the warehouse, and he said, "Hey, we're starting up another studio," because Al was the director or the producer at Lions Den, and that was Lightspan, the Lightspan Studios, doing all 2D animation for educational film. Okay, yeah, yeah. So that's where that came in. So ever since then. I've stayed in the industry and then, in one form or another. And for the second part of this interview, which will be another episode, uh -huh. we'll get into Market Creed, PlayStation 2, uh, Wreck It Ralph 2, mm. Ralph Breaks the Internet, Yay. and uh, some Disney Imagineering, yeah. some Disney TV. Um, yeah, this is so amazing. This is fun. I, it's fun to talk about. When I saw Market Creed for the first time, I didn't even know you were a human being. Like, in the, the fact that I'm sitting, <laughs> sitting here and talking with you is, is well, I haven't, I haven't always been a human being. <laughs> I think I was a little bit more primitive in the, my earlier years. Yeah, thank you so much for coming up. Oh, thanks for having me. This is fun to talk about. It's fun to, sh it's nice to share. Well, thank you, Jeff Merkhart. Thank you, Joshua the James. It's an honor. It's an, I'm humbled and honored to be asked. I can't wait for more. Yes, we'll see you in part two. I'm excited. Thank you. We'll definitely be having Jeff back for a part two, which will be dedicated entirely to his career. I'll be excited to hear about his time at Disney Feature Animation working on Ralph Breaks the Internet with Corey Loftus, who was the one that brought him onto the project. And it'll be great to hear about his time doing work with Disney Imagineering and Disney TV. You can follow Jeff on ArtStation at jmerghart and in the no longer saucy land of Tumblr at Jeff Merghart. You can receive Dispel updates on Instagram at dispel.cast. Until next time. Uh, Super Nintendo awesome. Yeah, that's my little 80s cubby. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to get a sheet of paneling for behind that tube television, mm. but I don't know where you get paneling. <laughs> like some house they're demolishing from the 70s. <laughs> like the wood paneling? Yeah. Like in our house? <laughs> Can you turn that monitor off? This one? Yeah, yeah. I wanted to have this image up, but I think there's potential feedback. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, technology. Yeah. Yeah, I got...
my wife this Nintendo for um, her birthday a couple years ago because she used to love Maniac Mansion back then and I went out and found it at a, a an old used game shop in Ocean Beach. Oh, that's so rad. Yeah. And it worked. There's that small one you can get where... Small one of those? Yeah, like there's a small version you can get and it has like preloaded like 50 games. Oh, really? Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's neat. I never saw that one. Oh, you got fun toys in here. And there's still more in the garage. I know. It's like I have so many like bins of stuff. Yeah, I, I got to the point where I'm like, okay, there's so much crap out. Let's just stick to stuff that's like iconic in contrast <laughs> with, with the other figures. Like, so huh. don't collect. Just buy the one that speaks to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. But obviously, this is a collection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's that uh, Burt Topper from something. I don't know what the hell that's from, but like, just where the hell do you get a Burt toy? Where? Uh, oh, the, the. Oh, I see him right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, nope, I get it. I get it. I never realized why exactly I was buying these things until I was like, oh, it's like... It, it's saying something to me. The job and these are yeah. kind of studying. Even though they're just there, you're absorbing it's it all. It's a job. It's a business write-off. Yeah. Tax write-off. <laughs> well, <hopefully>. Yeah, it's all reference. <laughs> and when I do my taxes, our kind of goes, well, what toys did you buy this year? Yeah, I heard a lot of that stuff changed this year, so hopefully... Oh, like what? I don't know, like oh. just some, some of the rules on what you can and can't <laughs> So I can't wait to deal with that this month. I better check. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, I don't remember where we left off. Oh, high school. High school. High yes. school. Okay, we're getting to high school. Are, um, are we back? Is it back on again? Yeah, it's, it's, oh, it's, oh, it's recording. Oh, okay. Just cool. that for post posterity. I'll, <laughs> I'll send you the raw file just so you have it. Oh, fun. Um... You gotta fill in the gaps though. Danielle was like, you really gotta fill out this wall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got you got stuff now to put in here. How's your home studio? Oh, it's cool. It's um oh I I got I think there's pictures online of it. It's my our oldest daughter's bedroom. I and for like years I would always just imagine how I would set it up as soon Once as you're she gone, moved, this will be mine. The, the day she moved out i was there that night i had all the i went to home depot got the paint got the wood trim i took everything out and i had it by the next day i stood up all night i had it painted trim new blinds and my my animation desk was in there and ikea boxes with other furniture and she came home the next day go, <laughs> oh, what, what, what's my room much like? A, I'm not even dead yet. There's a futon. You can sleep on the futon. If you ever That's know to sleep back here, pull the futon out. But How yeah. long did you have that animation desk? Oh, I've had, I've got two. I've had them both since the 90s. Oh my God. They're from the Lightspan Studios down in San Diego. They had them made custom for them. So what yeah. What Lightspan do? They did educational software okay, for right, for the know. very first iteration of the PlayStation. Was oh, it on? Or? Yeah, I'm oh. this is just oh, okay, yeah. just to get started. But yeah, it's um it was educational software for the right before the PlayStation came out and it was 2D, all 2D stuff. Yeah, that was fun. So I bought two cuz they were $200 a piece with the animation disc. And they went, "Yes, give me." Dude, give one me. one day if Obviously, I don't have room here, but one day. Yeah. It's great to get the schematics and make the old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Disney Studio though. So I'm well. I'm I'm selling my other one, but I'd rather really? have the I'd rather have the old Disney ones, like yeah, you said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Somebody found one on was it Craigslist? I forget. Someone had this. Oh, 
um, Jeremy at Imagineering was saying somebody he knew bought one like off Craigslist from some ex-employee who got it when they were letting go of all the furniture at the studio. And the guy got Dude, it. His dad, get rid of his desk. Yeah, it's a big, beautiful, the big brown solid wood desk. He got it for like, you know, a hundred bucks. No. Yeah. No. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. That's like the cost. It was ridiculous. Yeah. I was like, oh my. He showed me a picture of it. I'm like, oh, I hate him. <laughs> Do yeah. I feel the same way? I've been looking for the for uh, one of those spinner racks. The com you know, the one with Archie and Superman. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, one of the guys on Daredevil Season 2, one of the showrunners, he said, oh, I got it on eBay for 100 bucks. I was like, are you kidding? I've been looking for three years on eBay. Where do you find that like, at? eBay and uh -huh. they're, they're all in Illinois or Florida or oh, New yeah. Jersey and they don't ship because uh -huh. it's this monstrosity. Uh -huh. Um but they're always like six hundred bucks and like I'm not gonna spend six hundred bucks on a spinner. And then <laughs> shipping. Yeah. Or no, you get the local <clears throat> pickup. So oh, <laughs> damn. if you buy it, you gotta go get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I fucked did I make a chair? No, no, no. Oh. That's um, funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, I could I could bullshit for so long and I want to do that. Do you want to get into it? Whatever. All right. Whatever. Um, Anything. I, right, I'll so, bush it too. What's that? I'll bush it with you too. Oh, okay. <laughs> a lot to bullshit about with what we do. Oh no. Um, so let's start. You've worked for Disney Imagineering, Disney Feature Animation, Disney TV, Don Bluth. You worked in video games for Sony. Let's put all of that aside and oh. talk about any of it. Okay. <laughs> Woo. Um, no, seriously. Uh, um, next time you come up, I'll, I want to have you sign my copy, which is probably in the garage somewhere. <laughs> I don't know where it is. Yeah, every time I go to like a GameStop or a used game store, I always I'll find like the used ones and I'll buy them. Oh, that's cool. So I've got like about like six used market crees. <laughs> <laughs> and with my memory card with everything unlocked, but two things. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't just let us have all the unlockables. We had to fight for it. Do you have quick times of all those cinematics? They're all on YouTube. Yeah, oh, I don't have. Yeah, I don't have anything. It's kind I, of a shame that you don't have like the. the I wish files. I didn't understand the technology because I had never used a computer before, so it was all new to me. Like saving the files, like okay, this is our videos now, but they're on the computer. I don't know. <laughs> What am, Where is that? Uh, yeah, how <laughs> do I? Mean? What do I do with it? So I don't have any of that kind yeah. of stuff. That's why I hoard the games because everything is on the game. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's like I always keep two P Playstations and the games in a box safe with gotcha. my memory card. So you have a that's where everything is. Slim? No, but I got the one PlayStation that's it's, it's like compact and portable, oh. and the lid yeah. is the screen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember those? Yeah. I got one of those. Yeah, awesome. I remember the slim one though. I don't have one of those. Yeah, I got lucky. I got to trade in my old PS2 and then put that towards the slim one. That's the only reason I got that. Oh. <laughs> yep, that was the shits back then. <laughs> yeah, I feel bad your wife's feeling bad. I better call her check on. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, likewise, too, the more things you ask me, the more things I think about. Yeah. I was like, oh, I forgot about this. You yeah, know? I got a buddy I always think of as my. Um, He's my external hard drive. <laughs> he, he remembers things I don't remember, uh, and then he pokes me to like, break uh, so what else did that person say? Else, uh, oh, yeah, he said this. Oh, thing. I need I need one of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my hard drive is full. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is.